the Americhicks with Molly Boats and Kim Monson. The most important stories. They are like this newfound, off-hinged part of the left. Even Chuck Schumer's pushing back on. The latest in politics and world affairs. The buck is stopping with Trump. The different administrations prior to him have been kicking the can down the road on a number of issues. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. The heart of this is, is the U.S. Constitution a progressive document, or is it something that should be looked at as an original document? It's the Americhicks. Molly and Kim. Because face it, ideas matter. Because ideas matter. Ideas do indeed matter. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. I've got some sad news for all of you. Uh, Molly is stepping away from the AmeriChicks, and uh, she will be missed. She is smart. She's funny. She's witty. She's beautiful. And she and I have been joined at the hip for about five and a half years, and I will miss her. Uh, so if you would like to let her know just how much you appreciate all the great work that she's done, email her at molly at com. That's molly at com. Uh, I've talked with a few friends as, as we've been preparing for this, and, and they've asked, what will I do? And I assure you that I will continue on the important work that Molly and I have done. Uh, I'll be here every Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 a.m., dissecting the issues and the news, politics, and opinions as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. I'm blessed with amazing producer Steve, uh, and we're a good team. And uh, we will continue on because uh, we are at such an important time in our country and in our state. So agree or disagree, we need to have conversations. And uh, be sure and check out our website, americhicks.com. Sign up for our emails. We'll keep you apprised of all our upcoming guests, uh, topics, and important events. We are the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We will be expanding our social media uh, presence as well. Steve, you had a thought? Oh, just taking it all in. It's uh, obviously a new time for us. It is a new time, and we will miss her. She is a dynamic woman, and I wish her all kinds of blessings as she goes into new adventures out there. Uh, speaking of new adventures, uh, very excited and also sad to say that our Vino and Veritas event uh, with Dr. Tran- uh, Tom Cranawitter, which is on January 28th at Water's Edge Winery, is sold out. We're really pleased about that, but yet we're sad about that because we have people that uh, do want to sign up. So if you uh, would like to be added to the wait list, email me at Kim at com, And Bethany, who is handling all of the reservations, I'll get that information to her and we'll get you on the wait list. If you would like to go ahead and subscribe for the complete uh, um, classes all through 2019. We're going to meet the fourth Monday of every month and go through the Federalist Papers. Uh, let Bethany know, and you can go ahead and sign up for the complete balance of the year starting in February. And I would highly recommend that because if you do that, that assures that you will have a spot at each of the classes. Each of the classes can stand alone because it, I know it's a, a commitment to try to make 12 throughout the year, but they do stand alone, and there will be special things for all of the people that sign up for the 12-month uh, membership. So be sure and go to com. Let me know if you'd like to be added to the mailing list. Uh, another very exciting thing that's going to be happening, many of you know Brad Beck. 
uh, with Liberty Toastmasters. He's also very involved with the Boulder County Republicans, and he's going to be the MC for their Lincoln dinner, which is February 9th. And Candace Owens, who is all over the national uh, scene, will be the speaker. She's <clears throat> that young black woman with uh, Turning Point USA who is really making the case with young people for uh, freedom, liberty, c- capitalism, all of those things that have made America so good. So be sure and check out BocoGOP.org. That's B-O-C-O-G-O-P.org. You can buy tickets right there. So on a lighter note, today's funnies. A union president was preparing to read his little son a bedtime story. And Steve, it started like this. Once upon a time and a half. But a boom. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Once upon a time and a half. Get it? <laughs> Man, you caught me. Very cold. I did catch you. It's a Monday morning. Huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, there's too much weekend in, in my weekend anyway. I'll do it one more time, okay. okay? Okay. I'm ready this time. Okay. A union president was preparing to read his uh, little son a bedtime story, and it started like this. Once upon a time and a half. There we go, and we're off to the races. So let's jump into some headlines. We are, the government is still shut down. And uh, the activist progressive left are really trying to pull at people's heartstrings regarding government workers and their shutdown. Uh, There was uh, a piece that was done recently where they said um, that, hold on here, let me get to my papers. There's plenty out here. It says payday without pay hits federal workers as shutdown drags on. Then in this article, it says that uh, because of the shutdown, it's forcing workers to scale back spending, cancel trips, apply for unemployment benefits, and take out loans to stay afloat. IRS employee Crystal Kirkpatrick and her family, including her two children, ages 6 and 12, aren't eating out, they're not buying brand name foods, or getting drinks at the gas station. And her husband is working overtime in his job as a machinist to try to make make up for his lost paycheck. Okay, I I want you to just think about that. And certainly that is uncomfortable. And because the government is shut down, I know that like the Small Business Administration is not issuing loans so that uh, people can buy businesses. I mean, there there certainly are things that are are very inconvenient and is, is affecting people. However, all of these government workers are going to receive back pay. So if, in, if they are having trouble making ends meet, and this is just the first paycheck that they're missing, but if they're going to have uh, trouble making ends meet, there are banks and credit unions out there that will give them loans to get them through because when the government opens back up, they will receive all of that back pay. Retroactive. Retroactively. Now, while this is all going on, I went through again and read President Trump's speech from last Tuesday night and uh, Chuck and Nancy's uh, rebuttal. And, uh, of course, President Trump does not get the the press that he really, really needs so that everyday American people understand what is really at stake. There is a humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Uh, and this is from President Trump's speech. He said, every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. Steve, think about this. How would any other country, let's say Japan, what if they had people that were coming in boats trying to invade their country? 
what what country would would say that that's okay? Not a one. And certainly before this, I mean, this has always been, oh, geez, this has been with us for a while, more than just this immediate time frame that we're focused on. I mean, illegal immigrations are, what are the numbers now? 11 million suspected illegals in the country right now. This did, 11 million just didn't get here in the last two months. Or two years. And to that point, Nancy Pelosi has been in uh, 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 Congress since 19... 19- 87. She's been there for 32 years. And Chuck Schumer's been there for 21 years. They have not taken care of the problem. And shame on Paul Ryan. Over the last two years, there was a Republican Congress, uh, a Republican House and Senate, and they didn't get this taken care of. They didn't get the funding for the border wall. They punted. They punted. And the American people, we're going to play Steve Hilton's uh, soundbite tomorrow morning. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. Uh, I've got a quick story that I want to tell you. As we are are thinking about this government shutdown, they are trying to lay this all at the feet of Donald Trump, and he said, hey, I'm going to own it. Uh, and, and they're trying to pull the heartstrings and say that, oh, you know, government workers, they can't pay their bills. But, but I tell you what, if in fact what you have to do is maybe not buy drinks at the gas station, you know, maybe that maybe that's okay because what we need to do is make sure that we get this border funding and get the government opened back up. And Chuck and Nancy have said no, they're not going to do that because apparently, you know what? A bunch of the Democrats were in Puerto Rico with a bunch of their um, donors this last weekend, not trying to get the government reopened, but down there partying. We love to talk about optics. Optics is a big deal in this culture anymore. It's you know what's visual. And hopefully it stirs something in the brain, hopefully. So here's, again, just like he did through the Christmas break, here's the president sitting in the White House saying, I'm here, I'm ready to talk. And yet many people here just in the last couple of days, you know, they've been jetting off to other places. And the media is not letting everybody know that everyday busy person out there is not getting that information. I'm going to have to check NPR and see if they're actually putting that news out there. And just a note, NPR gets government money. I just needed to make a note on that. But I wanted to tell a quick story. I got one, too. Okay. Uh, why don't you, you want, you want to go first? Just on a humorous note, we all know or by now have seen the huge gaffe that the all-knowing, the all-wise Jim Acosta made last week by going to a segment of the border, uh, all, I believe it was in Texas, where the, there's already a wall in place. And well, I just don't see an emergency here. I don't see a crisis. Basically proving that the wall works. Right, standing in front of the wall. Thanks to the incredibly creative people in this country and a public platform like Facebook, he is being crucified, you know, for lack of a better term. The very creative things that they show him standing in a particular situation, my favorite so far is the fire station. I'm standing here by the fire station, and I don't see any fires. <laughs> I, I'm really wondering, is this fire station really necessary? Yeah, it's a, the, yes, Americans are very funny. He has made a fool out of himself. Now, very quickly, I want to tell you a story. While we are talking about government workers, and I know that it's inconvenient and it hurts, this woman said that they're not buying any uh, drinks at the gas station because of the government shutdown. She's a government employee. Steve, as you know, one of the other things that we do is our World War II project. 
And uh, sometimes I will pick up our World War II veterans, take them for the recording and take them home. And uh, I picked up a World War II veteran that lives out in southwest Colorado or southwest Denver and was taking him home. And he shared this story. And so when we talk about things that are inconvenient, uh, we need to go back and think about these guys. Um, he was he served in World War II in the Pacific Theater. The boat that he was on, he was in the Navy, was hit and a fire broke out. Uh, he was burned over most of his body. And he knew that soon that the munitions and all the ammo were probably going to erupt in fire as well. So he said to himself, he said, I need to get off this boat. And he couldn't find a life jacket. So he was preparing to jump over the side when one of his buddies saw how badly he was burned and said, hey, you take my life jacket. You need a lot lot worse than I do. So he ended up uh, jumping overboard, and he was in the uh, salt water for several hours. And he said, you know, I think that was really a blessing because the guys that were in salt water for a while, they actually healed faster than the others. Um, so eventually they pulled him out. He was put into a body cast, and they made decisions on which way, which hospitals guys would go to. Those that they thought would survive go to one place those that they thought wouldn't survive went to another, and he was sent to that hospital. It was a field hospital in the jungle. And he was laying there on his army cot in a body cast, and he started to feel something kind of chaw on his shoulder. And he looked over at his buddy, and he said, I feel something. Can you tell me what's going on? And he, his buddy looked over, and he said, well, there's a bunch of ants. They're going up the leg of the cot, and they were going underneath his body cast, up onto his body, and they were, they were actually eating his shoulder where there was a lot of infection. And he said to his buddy, uh, he said, you know what, I'm just going to let it be because it used to be, Steve, you may be aware of it, that uh, medics in, in the old days when there was back um, uh, infection, they would actually put leeches on those, the, the wound to, you know, to, to eat out all of that infection. So this World War II vet said, just let the ants be. And uh, he actually survived. He's in his 90s now. And he says, to this day, I can't step on an ant. So here we have a guy that gave it all. And, uh, and now we're looking at government employees. So instead of saying, and, and the reason that, gov- uh, that Donald Trump has shut down this government is because he's trying to keep American citizens safe. And so we have guys just two generations ago that put it all on the line. And to look at this and say, I can't buy drinks at the gas station because of government shutdown for my kids. I mean, what has what have we come to, Steve? <laughs> it's uh, sacrifice is a word that is, uh, I don't know, it's just not in our lexicon anymore. Well, that's for sure. We need to get that back. And, and one of the important components of that is education. And when we get into the next break, we're going to be talking with Kim Gilmartin regarding, uh, she brought to my attention this House Bill 1032 right here in Colorado. And uh, the LGTB uh, industrial complex has been busy on this particular piece of legislation. And it is something that every person out there, every parent, every grandparent needs to know the details on this. I spent the weekend reading it, and I, I want to talk this over with Kim Gilmartin uh, after the break. But before we do that, on a lighter note, the NF playoffs are here. And who's moving on? Who goes home? That's what everybody's asking every weekend. Well, next weekend, it's the Rams at the Saints and the Patriots at the Chiefs. I think I'll have to be for the Chiefs. Oh, you and uh, you know everyone's... A- 
I'm sorry. Everyone's pretty much sick of the New England Patriots been in it, and you know Tom Brady, Brady, and all the you know baggage he brings with him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be enough air in the footballs, you know. Ha-ha. <laughs> but the bigger question is where will you watch the games? Well, Hooters, of course. Hooters is your game day headquarters. You can watch the in-off playoffs and the big game at Hooters. And they have all these great specials, Steve. $10 for a draft and Tim Mullis wings. And if you come into any Hooters during the big game, you can enter to win a brand new 55-inch HDR TV. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? I do because you can have Hooters wings delivered right to your doorstep. And try their new smoke wings. They're just half the calories and they are delish. So order your Hooters to go or have them delivered right to your front door. For more info, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Kim Gilmartin regarding the sex education bill that was just introduced last week at the Colorado Legislature. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you'd like to support the work of the AmeriChicks and grow your business, contact them at AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick, accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financing choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. That's where we are on Facebook and Twitter as well. We're going to get right into this. Kim Gilmartin is, uh, has a real heart for children. She has a real heart for education. She has been very involved in, in uh, charter schools here in Colorado so that parents have a choice about their children's education. And uh, just last week, the LGTB Industrial Complex uh, introduced, I say, a uh, House Bill 191032. Interestingly enough, there was a Republican sponsor on this, Don Corum, from the uh, uh, Montrose area, and I'm going to work to try to get him on later this week to chat with him about this. But Kim Gilmartin, this particular House Bill 1032 clarifies content requirements for public schools that offer comprehensive human sexuality education. Uh, this is actually from the bill summary and prohibit prohibits instruction from explicitly or implicitly teaching or endorsing religious ideology or sectarian tenets or doctrines, using shame-based or stigmatizing language or instructional tools, employing gender norms that would be like he, she, or gender stereotypes like boy, girl, or excluding the relational or sexual experiences of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals. So we are going to be using government money for this particular agenda. What's your thoughts? Thanks, Kim. Um, yeah, so I, this was pretty shocking when we saw this bill 
hit, and I'd like to talk about why it is from a charter school perspective. But just to sort of recap what you said, um, some of the new things in this bill are are explicitly being written out as to what can be taught and what cannot be taught in all public schools, including charter schools. So things like requiring LGBTQ practices to be taught and presented as completely normal. Um, all contraceptive methods must be taught, including all abortifacient methods. And if you do teach pregnancy outcomes, they must include abortion along with adoption and parenting. And and the teacher must not endorse or favor one or more pregnancy outcome options over another. Um, it also strictly prohibits the teaching of any moral framework around sexual relations. And as you said, they can't incorporate any religious ideolo- ideology into the teaching of that. And <clears throat> then there's the the fact that they cannot employ gender norms or gender stereotypes. I'm not really sure how you teach about sexual reproduction without that. Um, but it prohibits any public school from using any public funds to teach an abstinence program. So you can't even teach any of that. And um, the last thing is that this bill removes the requirements to use evidence-based curriculum. Instead, it says to use medically accurate curriculum. And, you know, we know that just because information is medically accurate, it doesn't mean that it's going to be effective. And so I think this is a very dangerous precedent to set. Um, I, I also want to point out that while it does, because this is, this is a very important distinction in this bill, while it does still allow parents to opt out of having their kids uh, sit in this, this is not, that's not new, that's always been there in a sex ed curriculum, and it does require the school to notify the parents of what will be taught, What's different here is that in this new bill, it specifically says that a school does not have to notify parents if they are going to teach anything about gender, gender expression, Mm -hmm. sexual orientation, Mm -hmm. healthy relationships, if it occurs outside of the context of the sex ed curriculum. Yeah, I saw that. That was absolutely astounding in this 26-page bill. Yes, uh, because it's a little bit of a sneaky thing to put in there. And... um, I'd like to talk about it from the perspective of children who are in a charter school and uh, what this means for charter schools. So I, as you know, have three children in uh, Golden View Classical Academy. I'm a board member of of that local charter school. And what is really alarming is that this bill forces this very specific content into all charter schools. And many charter schools already have a waiver around uh, a, a certain sex ed curriculum. We, charter schools, as you know, do receive uh, waivers for a lot of the content that they teach because it is different. It doesn't follow the district curriculum. And while charter schools still have to meet the state statutes and the intent of that statute as it relates to um, certain things in the curriculum, we can modify our content to align better with the school's mission, vision, and culture. For example, my own Children's School, GBCA, uses an evidence-based curriculum, and character education is at the center of our culture and mission. So this helps students to build the capacity to make and abide by sound moral choices. Um, This bill, in telling us exactly what it is that we need to teach, is quite an overreach. Um, It also goes even farther, though, and this is what I really want your listeners to hear. Um, This bill goes farther by not allowing charter schools to get waivers, but also by prohibiting the Colorado State Board of Education from granting those waivers to any charter schools. Whereas in the past, charter schools do go 
to the Colorado State Board of Education to get certain waivers if the district will not let them have those waivers. And um, so what's happening here is it's not only taking away control from charter schools, but also taking away control from your local state board of education and from your local school districts, because this overrides all of that local control and parent control. And I believe that the legislator should not be legislature should not be in the business of prescribing curriculum. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that when the founders were talking about education for our kids, uh, in, they never even dreamed that this would be something that was be, being taught through a public education. They wanted to to empower kids to, to really the classical liberal uh, type of education that is taught like at Golden View, where you read great books and you think great thoughts and you 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 grow you want to be the the be- very best person that you can be and uh, i don't think that this sex education was ever you know supposed to be in the in the education arena this is going to make the case i think first of all that we're going to have to totally revisit uh how we fund public education in america and uh, and then secondly, I think parents will need to start to come together and put together homeschooling, um, you know, with other parents so that they can homeschool their kids, get them into private school. I am a little concerned, though, that they that this bill also puts some bumpers on parents being able to do that, because it also says that if there is a cooperative uh, and, and I don't know what that means exactly, that they have to teach this curriculum as well. This is force. This is government force. This is taking away the choice for parents uh, and for school districts to to really be um, involved in what their kids are taught. And and I have to tell you, I looked at our graduation statistics in Colorado. One out of five kids does not graduate from high school in four years. It seems to me like that that is something the legislature should be focused on instead of this whole LGTB um q agenda now one other thing um and kim we're gonna have to drop first of all i just want to say thank you for bringing this to my attention and let's stay on top of this we've got to figure out what to do about it yes and would you mind if i just gave people a few uh action items of what they can do yes that would be awesome okay well, we want everybody should email their local school boards first and just ask them to oppose this bill as it removes their autonomy as a local governing board. Um, they should email them. Uh, it's been it's been assigned. This bill has been assigned to the Health and Insurance Committee, so people need to email all the members of that committee. They need to email their state, email, call, or write their senators and representatives. They need to be overwhelmed by the parental outrage here and make sure that if they're emailing, that they include bill number HB 19-1032 in their communication. And then the hearing for this, uh, where people can show up to publicly testify, is on January 30th. Um, and you have to look online to see the exact time. So, you know, honestly, given the current makeup of our um, of our legislature after this last election, I'm not sure it can be killed, but, but we could at least... T- make some huge um, progress with taking out certain things in this bill like that overriding parental control and charter options and, and what's happening with the state board. Okay, well, let's stay on it, and we'll uh, keep that information out in front of people. Kim Gilmartin, stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Okay, and let's jump over to uh, one of our favorite conversations, and that is with Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Hey, Jason, today you wanted to talk about why watching the market or your accounts all the time probably makes you do worse an investor. Why is that? 
Well, Kim, I think that's right. Uh, this was, there was a study done by a Nobel Prize-winning economist, which as soon as I hear those, uh, those five <laughs> words, normally I think, well, this probably is uh, full of beans, but uh, this guy actually seems to make some sense. And uh, it's from Daniel Kahneman, I believe his name is pronounced, and he says that we feel more pain having a $100 loss than we feel pleasure about having a $100 gain. And so they're not equal. If your account's up 100 bucks one day and down 100 bucks the next day, you're not going to be emotionally neutral, so to speak. Uh, you'll be at a deficit because the, the bad outweighs the good by about two to one in this regard. Well, that seems to make sense as you really think about it. Is it worse if it's a big down or is it better if it's a big up? You know, he didn't find that the magnitude of the move didn't matter. Uh, if you're up uh, any amount one day and down any amount the next day, it still puts you at a deficit. So, you know, if you look from 1996 through 2019, uh, the market was up about 53% of the days. So if you watch it every day, 53% of the time you feel good, but the other 47% you feel bad. So because the bad feelings offset the good ones about two to one, you know, on average, you're going to end up uh, in an emotional deficit over time, even if the overall direction of the market's positive. And I think that explains why, you know, guys like me, financial advisors, turn into grumpy curmudgeons at such a young age. Because we kind of have to watch it every day, but you don't. Well, it's probably like watching the news every day. Boy, that's, that's a good point, Kim. I don't know too many people who uh, just sit around and watch the news all day that tend to have sunny dispositions. Do you? <laughs> no, that's for sure. You can agree or disagree, but um, I'm not sure about sunny dispositions. Sometimes I wonder with me watching the news all the time, hopefully I'm not going to turn into a, a grumpy old curmudgeon. Well, uh, maybe it's already too late, but we'll just skip <laughs> over that one, huh? Okay, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think the news doesn't help much in the, the regard of investing either, because they do the same thing all the news does. They trumpet out what's happening really loud when the market's down or if it's something bad. Uh, even if you don't watch a, like a hawk, uh, even a person that casually listen, listens to the financial type news, you know, you hear about the negative without fail, but the positive right. hardly ever gets talked about. So and I think really what it comes down to is once you kind of get into that negative mood or the fear starts to creep in, uh, Kim, we've talked about this a lot of times. That's when uh, we tend to make poor decisions, you know, we get scared, we sell out at the bottom, we get discouraged, and uh, you make decisions based on your emotions rather than the facts. Okay, so Jason, how often should people look at their statements or accounts to stay happy? Well, just only when they're up, of course. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, Jason McBride, thanks so much. You have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Uh, Jason McBride, uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Chris Farrell with Judicial Watch regarding this landmark uh, case that they basically won uh, regarding L.A. and cleaning up Los Angeles uh, and their voter rolls. We'll be right back. 
Award-winning realtor Karen Levine recently celebrated 30 years with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. The Americhicks, Molly and Kim, know Karen Levine personally and cannot recommend her highly enough. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And now, Kim is helping guys, too, with well-priced, made-to-measure shirts, pants, and jackets that fit a busy guy's lifestyle. Guys or gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Uh, we have on the line with us Chris Farrell. He's the Director of Investigations and Research at Judicial Watch. I tell you what, you, you talk about some folks that are doing amazing work for everyday hardworking Americans, and that is Judicial Watch. I uh, would certainly recommend that you get some, uh, a few dollars over to them because the work that they're doing is so important. Chris Farrell, welcome. Great to be with you. Thanks. So you guys have been, I mean, you're busy on a lot of things, but we wanted to talk a little bit uh, this morning about this agreement with Los Angeles County, where they agreed to purge up to 1.5 million voters from its roles in a settlement. You know, there is, uh, we, there seems to be such a, a kind of a hypocritical view by the Democrats. They're, they're going after Donald Trump regarding possible election integrity the implication is something happened with the russians on our elections and and the the progressive left is up in arms about that however under the radar we're seeing all kinds of things that have happened regarding our voting laws voter registration that is undermining the integrity of our elections so you guys are all over that we are and we have been for years we have an election integrity project that has successfully forced the states of Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Maryland is still pending, uh, but most recently California, to actually clean up their voter rolls. Surprise, surprise. California had not done sort of an audit or a a cleanup of their voter rolls in more than 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) So there there was no accountability. There was no sort of integrity or sense that the voting rolls in California represented anything like uh, reality. And so we sued them, got them into court, and uh, they eventually conceded they didn't want to have a judgment entered against them, so they're they're terrified of that because it would set precedential law. Uh, But So they entered into a settlement agreement whereby they will go in, and this is obviously an estimate, we don't have a a rock-solid number, but something like 1.5 million uh, ineligible voters who are uh, on the rolls, really contaminating the, the, the validity of the rolls, they will be removed. So we're very pleased because uh, we've had some great success uh, in Ohio and Kentucky, previously Indiana as well. Uh, but look, if our voting rolls aren't cleaned up, if, if they're not truthful, complete, accurate uh, you know, reflections of the electorate, 
then let me tell you, you know, these elections are, are nothing but mischief makers that will, you know, undermine the, the public's trust and confidence in, in election returns. Well, Chris, I, I think I read in this piece in the Washington Times about what you've done that there was 101 percent registered voters in Los Angeles. I, I mean, that that's pretty amazing how that happens. And then Charlie Kirk had tweeted something out this weekend. He said Los Angeles County had a registration rate of 112 percent of its adult population. The, uh, the entire state of California has a registration rate of 101 percent. And 11 of 58 counties in California have registration rates above 100 uh, percent. I submit to you that is why California is solid blue is because they're not really they don't really care about the election integrity. They care about getting elected. Right. I mean, there's the old uh, quote that is attributed to Stalin, who purportedly said doesn't matter who votes it matters who counts the votes. Um, and so. When you line up the numbers between uh, registered voters and then census data, uh, you find this enormous disparity between who actually lives there versus, holy cow, how many folks are registered there? How did that happen? And there there are legitimate reasons for a disconnect in those numbers. You can have people, you know, who have died and moved away. Uh, There are people who are felons who should be removed from their voting rolls. Those are all sort of the conventional uh, reasonable explanations for why there's a mismatch. But, you know, very often, particularly in a large state like California, when you have these huge numbers, uh, there's other places that are worse, believe it or not. There's a place, uh, I believe it's in Mississippi, that has something like 240% of the people, uh, you know, over what the actual residents are that are, that are enrolled to vote. Um, so, I mean, there are, there are legitimate reasons why the number gets messed up, but a lot of it really, frankly, is gamesmanship and an effort to pad the voting rolls. Well, you know, Chris Rowe, I think that you guys need to take a look at, at Colorado. Uh, yes, you probably... <laughs> probably uh, you know, I think there's 50 states we should look at. <laughs> I think, actually, I think... Well, could you put Colorado at the top of the list? Because we are one of, I think, three states that has total mail-in ballot. And uh, we also, there's new, and I'm going to go over this in the next segment, but uh, new voting laws that were passed the last time the Democrats were totally in control here in Colorado, they can reg- we can register 16-year-olds to vote, that the minute they turn 18, they can vote in their first election. And, you know, with the indoctrination that we've had from the left in our education system, uh, this seems like yet another way to assure that the progressive activists uh, that have taken over the Democrat Party are the ones that are going to be elected. So can we say Ocasio-Cortez? I mean, it's astonishing to me what we're seeing from a number of these young people. Yeah, and I mean, they're bright, uh, you know, fresh-faced, enthusiastic voters, but frankly, many, 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 many of them are sort of uh, unquestioning, brainwashed, you know, uh, sort of recipients of a public education that is not terribly grounded in all the best tenets of Western civilization. Well, and and, uh, as these people are getting into office and making these cases for socialism, how do you feel that we can stop that? Do you have an idea? Yeah, it's called the local school board. Um, all of this stuff, uh, you know, hinges on, and, and I mean this from the perspective of the election as well, who's running your county? 
I mean, the, the county is probably the, I mean, I have two different views on this. One is it's the most corrupt political entity because there's no standard in, in the country, right? Every single county is organized differently, um, both in size and structure, budgeting. All their procedures are separate and different. There's no one-size-fits-all requirement for counties across the country. But who the supervisor of elections is in a, in a given county, who the school board members are, a lot of people shrug and really don't care. They don't watch the uh, county meetings because they're on, you know, cable access channel 270 at 1 o'clock in the morning, so mm-hmm. no one's paying attention. Um, but the county is the, the place where all this happens. They they approve and develop the curriculum. They hire the teachers. They set the all the, the sort of educational issues are county-driven. The budget certainly is. Uh, and likewise, with respect to, to the, however it's organized, the county supervisor of elections or, or whatever the, you know, the framework is, all of this is at the county level. And people, for the most part, shrug because they're worried about Senator so-and-so or President Trump. They don't realize that right in their own backyard, uh, all the sort of foundation pieces are being laid for how they live their daily lives and no one pays attention. Well, that's for sure. Although the progressive left has figured that out, as you probably are familiar with the whole Emerge group, Indeed. which, uh, yeah. you know, has been put in place again by progressive activists to elect uh, women to uh, public office. And they they have figured out that uh, school boards, city councils and county commissions is where it's yep. at. And to your point, uh, Republicans have focused on the Senate and the president and and they've really abdicated this, and it's going to be a big fight to get this back. Yeah, and uh, it's not lip service; it's uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, somebody has to be motivated enough to go out and run and uh, take control of the county school board, or the you know become the supervisor of elections, or the county recorder. Or, you know, we, like I said, every single county is set up differently, but those sorts of functions, those sorts of uh, positions, are you know. Uh, folks with that, that authority, you can't shrug it off and, and leave it to the most motivated leftists. I mean, there has to be somebody uh, from the philosophical right who's challenging them and, and bringing better ideas to the table. And to those better ideas, then we want to have a free and fair election. Uh, so in that, that, that circles us back to what you have done with Judicial Watch in Los Angeles County. Uh, cleaning up these voter rolls. And we need to, every state that we are in, push towards that. We have our work cut out for us here in Colorado. And uh, if you ever want to come out and help us, we greatly would appreciate it. Well, thanks for the kind invitation. We're going to keep on doing what we're doing. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll show up in Colorado and uh, get your voting rolls straightened out. Sounds good. Now, if, uh, hey, Chris Farrell, just uh, before you, you jump off, if people want to give money to you and support this important work that you're doing, where can they do that? The best thing to do, really, to get to see all the work that we're doing, read important documents, court filings, stuff we uncover through open records, uh, lawsuits, and requests, is to go to our website, which is Judicial Watch, all strung together, one long word, judicialwatch.org, O-R-G. We've got lots of good information up there. And if you want to get newsletters from us and get involved, that's the place to do it. Okay. Well, Chris Farrell, Director of Investigations and Research at Judicial Watch, thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Thanks very much. Okay. Hey, before we go to break, uh, our sponsors, we greatly appreciate them. We are uh, totally entrepreneurs. I buy our airtime for both our World War II project and this show. 
and and really appreciate Crawford uh, broadcasting because we ha- I have full reign on the guests that we invite on and the subjects that we talk about. Uh, we are not like NPR or Colorado Public Broadcasting. We do not get government money. Total entrepreneurs, we buy our time, and we find our advertisers. So every one of these advertisers that you hear, hear us talk about on this show, you can rest assured that they are fabulous. I, I personally endorse them and highly recommend them. And one of those is Chris Cantwell uh, with uh, Transworld Business Advisors. He, uh, you know, maybe you worked hard. You have your business. The kids may not want it. Uh, so what are you going to do? So maybe it's time to sell. Or maybe you you have recently retired and you want to have your own business and create some cash flow for the future. Then Chris Cantwell uh, with Transworld Business Advisors is the guy that you need to talk to. He helps you buy and sell opportunity. He's an advocate for entrepreneurship, the voluntary exchange of value between individuals, and the rights of business owners to thrive and flourish. I love it. So Chris Cantwell knows that small businesses drive the economic engine of America. So reach out to him for a complimentary consultation. Uh, he can help you sell your business or buy your next opportunity. Chris's website is cccellscompanies.com, cccellscompanies.com, and let him know that you know the Americhicks, and we'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks, Molly and Kim, recommend Predovich & Company as your financial business consultants. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Evan, your IT guy, recognizes National Military Appreciation Month by honoring the veteran Evans who make up approximately half their IT specialists. For your small business, IT problems mean a critical loss of time and resources. You need immediate IT support 24-7, and Evans veterans help deliver that promise through respect, discipline, and quick problem solving. Connect with a select network of IT professionals anywhere, anytime at EvanYourITGuy.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website, Americhicks.com. Uh, we have all of our upcoming guests, topics, and important uh, uh, news there and sign up for our email list. We are the Americhicks at Facebook and Twitter and a little bit of, of sad news in a way, but we're very happy about it. Our Vino and Veritas Wine and Truth book club for January is sold out. Uh, if you would like to be put on the mailing list, email me at Kim at Americhicks.com. And uh, if you would like to sign up starting in February for the complete year, I can get you that information as well. Uh, if you miss January, Dr. Cranawitter will be putting together information so that you uh, will not be behind. And actually, each of the lectures do stand alone. So this is our study at the Federalist Papers. We will be meeting the fourth Monday of uh, each month in 2019. And Dr. Tom Cranawitter and his team uh, at Speakeasy Ideas, we're putting together an amazing evening. So be sure and check that out. Um, I, I want to talk in this particular segment about Colorado's voting laws. But before we do that, uh, we have work to do right here on our local, county, and state level. 
but certainly on the national level, there are people that are doing important work. And Act Two Reforms is one such group. They are offering a blueprint to adjust the division of power in Washington, D.C., so that it's more fair, it's disciplined, open, and transparent the way it was supposed to be. And this would be regardless of uh, what political party is in power. Uh, they're part of the Article 5 Convention of the States movement. And Article 5 was put into the Constitution by the founders uh, to be used in case government ever got too big and out of control, like right now. Uh, so Act 2 Reforms is located right here in Colorado. They have five things that they're suggesting. One, they suggest that we enforce the rule of law on all federal employees. You know, seems fair to me. Two, suggest we give Congress a quick tool to block new regulations. Three, suggest we apply term limits to Congress and the judiciary. Four, suggest we make Congress account for all claims on the federal budget. And five, suggest suggest that we sharply reduce the power and influence uh, of money in Washington, D.C. So if you think these things are important, be sure and check out act2blueprint.org. That's act2blueprint.org. And each one of us needs to do at least one thing to push back on these big, overreaching government uh, programs and agendas that are coming down the pike for us. Uh, I wanted to just make sure that all of you out there, we talked about uh, in the first segment, we talked about the the wall, the uh, the government shutdown. The second segment, Kim Gilmartin, this very, very um, bad bill, House Bill 19-1032, is regarding sex, sex education of our kids. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going to be happening here. I was at a meeting last week uh, with uh, someone that's um, very informed regarding education. And she said that higher ed is actually very frustrated with Governor Polis because he said that he would prefer to take money that's been going to higher ed and put it over in pre-K. Now then, connect this dot over here to House Bill 19-1032 where it would mandate a sex education curriculum that would not include gender norms or gender stereotypes. What that means is gender norms is uh, like uh, he, she, gender, um, gender stereotypes would be like boy, girl. And so Colorado is proposing legislation that says that in uh, sex education of our, in our schools, that you can't, you can't talk about that. It flies in the face of common sense. But then it is mandating that any school, including charter schools, that receives public money has to use this curriculum. So we have to say, how did we get here? Because elections matter. We now have a, a Democrat governor, a Democrat House, and a Democrat Senate here in Colorado. And not just Democrats. The Democrats that are taking over the Democratic Party today are radical, progressive leftists. They are no longer the Democrats of JFK. And, uh, and how, how did all of this happen? Back in 1993, Bill Clinton signed the Motor Voter Registration Act. So that makes it much easier for people to get registered to vote because when they go register their car, they register them to vote. I submit to you that as citizens, we have to have some skin in the game. You have to make sure that it, it has to be a little hard, I think, to go and register to vote. So anyway, the motor, motor voter um, law was passed, 
And then in Colorado, uh, the last time we had a, a Democrat governor and state legislature, there was a voting uh, law that was passed that basically changed things. That we now have same-day voter registration. We have all mail-in ballots. And then uh, you do not have to uh, provide a photo ID when you register to vote. So you can go in the day of, and certainly there's the valid things like your driver's license and uh, a passport, uh, a valid employee identification card. Hmm. Okay. But the thing that I find most interesting is that you can go in with a copy of a current, within the last 60 days, utility bill, bank statement, government check, paycheck, or other government document that shows the name and address of the elector. Now, how hard in this day and age with these printers would it be to make up a whole bunch of these and register a whole bunch of people uh, on the day of election to influence our, our elections right here in Colorado? And uh, I, I don't think that people really realize, you know, that this can actually occur in, in Colorado. And then with the passage of Y and Z, which were amendments to the Constitution regarding redistricting uh, and bringing in unaffiliated voters in that whole process, I think that the opportunity for uh, con- conservative Republicans, people that really believe in the kind of the conservatarian idea of America, it will be very difficult for them to get elected unless we get the messaging right, which is one of the things that we are working very hard in this particular show, and that is to get our messaging right about what is so good about the conservatarian principles that founded America and what is so bad about the uh, progressive activist agenda that we see here in Colorado right now. So in this particular arena, the LGTBQ industrial complex has been very, very busy. And uh, Kim Gilmartin and I went over some of the things regarding how this House Bill 19-1032 is going to uh, affect the curriculum of sex education here in Colorado. And uh, once again, it says the bill clarifies, this is from the bill summary, the content requirements for public schools that offer comprehensive human sexuality education. It prohibits instruction from explicitly or implicitly teaching or endorsing religious ideology or sectarian tenets or doctrines. It prohibits using shame-based or stigmatizing language or instructional tools. It prohibits employing gender norms or gender, gender stereotypes. And it prohibits excluding the relational or sexual experiences of lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals. One other thing that's important for you all to realize is at the very back of this bill, on page 20, uh, let's see, on page 23, it says that the department may seek, accept, and expend public or private gifts, grants, and donations from public and private sources to implement these articles. So just think about it. We're going to have private money coming in and really affecting this curriculum. One in, uh, one in five, uh, excuse me, two in ten of our kids are not graduating from high school in four years. I think we need to focus on that. So uh, with that, um, the end of the day, our, our quote, 
came from the Association of American Colleges, but obviously a little while ago. They said liberal education. In a democracy, liberal education should be of value to men and women, both as private individuals and as free, self-reliant, and responsible members of the community to which they belong. It should help them as individuals to grow in self-mastery and personal depth, to develop wider and deeper appreciations, to acquire an enthusiasm for hard work, to love good talk and good books, to delight in the adventures of an intellectual curiosity, to become fair-minded, open-minded, and generous in all their human interactions. Seems like that's what we should be working on, Steve. So your thought for today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, strive for truth, justice, and the American way. This is the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson signing off, wishing you a very blessed day. God bless you, and God bless America. Young, like a new-